Hey there, Black Mom Diaries. Service, loyalty, commitment, adaptability, and sacrifice. That's just a small part of what describes a military spouse, especially the last one. Military spouses sacrifice a lot, but what if they didn't have to? What if it could look different? Today, we have Dr. April Walker, mother of two, military wife, and mental health professional. She's sharing on how she found balance in living as a military wife and accomplishing big goals. Join us in the Black Mom Diaries virtual household now. Up next on the Black Mom Diaries. Hey, everybody, this is Patricia. And I am LaTanya. And welcome to the Black Mom Diaries. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Today's a great day. It's always a great day when you say it is, right? It is. And, and it's definitely a great day today. So. Yeah, Patricia's in Morocco, guys. I mean, she went without me, but it's yeah. all good, though. I'll get there one day. Listen, <laughs> listen, we still have the, the family travels to do, so. We do, we do. We do. It's on the list. <laughs> yeah. How was your week so far? Well, so far, it's almost over. Like one, no, is this the end of the week? When does Monday start? The no, of, wait, that was crazy. What is, <laughs> when is the beginning of the week start for you? Let me say that because Sunday is the last day of the week. Okay. Or is that the first day of the week? debate you know some people say it's the last day and monday is the first day and then other people say it's the beginning of the week so i don't know i mean mondays are the beginning of the week for me because that's when it's like you gotta hit the ground running or that i mean our family we are not we don't own our schedule like your family does and that you know that's something i'm aspiring to but i am like a sloth I've been like a sloth. <laughs> oh, okay. A sloth. Ooh. We don't want to pet them at the zoo. You are not a sloth. No, no. <laughs> okay, thank you. I I feel like it sometimes when it comes to, to moving about. You know, it was like, okay, drop this one off. All right. Okay, I need you to stay here with this one. Let me go pick this. No, I got tired of doing that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, talking to our productivity coach a while back, I kept putting reasons like why we shouldn't schedule these extracurricular activities and when why we should be resting now. So um, we only do swim right now. And um, that does, that's four days a week. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Four days that's... a week for two hours, a, two and a half hours a day. Okay. Yeah. She is, she is my, the person, my daughter. She's one of those people that you got to push Mm-hmm. to do something she's not gonna voluntarily go do something like that you know my mm-hmm. boys are like I guess because they're I feel like they're still a little younger they'll go do anything but not my my well she plays soccer on Tuesday morning with the homeschool group but other than that she's like is that enough for me because I'd rather go animate I so, mean eight hours a week is a lot that's that's a pretty pretty um big schedule it so. is yeah and it's year round we don't we don't get a, a break. And if no we breaks. do, you use your, it's like cardio, right? Mm-hmm. If you stick with it, you become, you know, better and better at it. But if mm-hmm. she stops, the, if she stops swimming, then she has to take a, like almost a, a quarter of the season to catch up. Wow. I didn't know that about swimming. Yeah. It's well in her swim group. The last one wasn't so, so much like that, but this mm-hmm. one is, but yeah. 
So it it it, it does demand a lot of our time. Yeah. And then, yeah. But um, but we like we we do like chilling. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like this is the time for you to kind of chill and then um and then um figure out what you're gonna do in the spring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know my husband likes to chill. I am all about, let's go, 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 break, little break. Okay, let's keep going. And so you said that you guys have um, cut down to one sport. We're down to one sport. And it wasn't because we decided to. Things just happened. So um, Mm. our daughter is doing gymnastics. And actually, she was doing more. But she was doing nine hours a week. But now it's at six hours a week. Because she joined a new team and she is working towards getting the nine hours. Um, And our son was doing Taekwondo, but his class is not happening right now. And I've been so I I, I'm proud of myself because the the normal Patricia or the usual Patricia, I don't know. I would um, be like, we got to find him another class that he needs to start next week. Mm -hmm. And I have one in mind, but I have held back good because you know we're gonna wait until until next month and mm-hmm. we'll see and talking to him you said your daughter uh she has to be pushed she has to be pushed too he would rather build lego mm-hmm. or draw or, mm-hmm. or play with his pokemon cards and we're like physical activity is important so yeah. <laughs> you need to do yeah. something yeah. Um, well, that, that's that's interesting how we kind of the sedative part, but then they're not really because, yeah. like I said, I have one son, my oldest one. He will just he's magnificent in any sport he plays to mm-hmm. us. The other two have to try, <laughs> you know, and the other one, right. They have to work at it. Well, we kind of have to be like, you need to do, you know, and they're like, you know, looking at us with this, I always say the Eli face, but, um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, which is funny. Cause uh, not, yeah, I know that's on it's my, funny. that's what well, I, I like the Eli face from the Pharrell song. Cause that's when I think about it, but then I know who Eli is and I hear it, but anyway, but you're right. Not try, but they, they'll do it and they'll be, they'll be awesome, but mm-hmm. we have to continue to be behind them. We're not the other one. We don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. But hey, that's the part of parenting, and we have to give ourselves grace on their schedule and give ourselves grace because we, we're thinking because they're not doing any, we feel like they're not doing anything. And I keep pointing because you know my sons like to watch games and Loud House and whatever this is, and they'll watch games on TV, which I which I think is weird, but I, I, that's the thing where we used to look up on the computer for the cheat codes. Oh, the video games. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now they can go watch the cheat codes. I'm yes. Like, Y'all are just yeah. got it all handed to you. For real. You know, but anyway, that's, yes. that's good. It's good to hear that you're taking a little time off, though, because it's, it's needed. It is it's needed. needed. It so is. I think we have a guest today, do we? We do. We have an incredible guest. And I know that I have met her before in the past and I met her through you. So I know this is super special for you. <laughs> yeah, I got a friend. I got because, you know, I'll tell uh, this this uh, I'm going to read her bio, but 
I do. I absolutely love this person from afar. She has beautiful pictures all the time, but she's a really beautiful person inside too. So, and um, I've known her a long time and I wish we had Facebook, Instacart back then, Instacart, Instagram back then. I was like, Instacart? I was like, shoot, would I be buying her or something? Yeah, I wish, cause I probably, I probably would have tried to meet her at her school, at her, at her college. Cause I didn't want to do none of that. Anyway, we have today, Dr. April Walker is a licensed psychotherapist in Georgia, Florida, and Texas with over 15 years of experience working with children and adults in a variety of behavioral health settings to include nonprofit organizations, group homes, therapeutic foster care agencies, and public charter schools. With a background that consists of working as a behavioral specialist, case manager, Dr. April's focus has been centered around collaboratively working with individuals in their efforts to build and maintain positive mental health and wellness. Ellen from Pensacola, Florida, Dr. April is married mother of two, currently living in the Atlanta, Georgia area. The wife of a retired Navy sailor, Dr. April moved across various states and had the opportunity to ob obtain several degrees from Bethune-Cookman University, Norfolk State University, and Capella University, where she earned her PhD. She is also a respected member of several organizations to include Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Inc., Jack and Jill of America Inc., and Professional Counseling Organization. Y'all, give it up for my girl from way back, Dr. April Walker. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Thank the you, show. Tanya. Thank you. And um, Tanya, you made me sound fabulous. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> Look. All them big words. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, Man, that breathe. gave me a time to reflect on my life. I'm like, man, I really did do a lot. That's incredible. Yes. Thank awesome. you. Thank awesome. you. It is, it is awesome. So how are you today? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I actually feel very well rested. Um, I am being very intentional about rest this year because, you know, as busy moms, we are always doing something. We have a lot of plates that we're spinning in the air. So I'm being very intentional about my schedule, about my children's schedule and, you know, allowing myself to rest because rest is essential. So I am doing fabulous. Thank you very much for asking. That is awesome. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Um just that intentional part. I think a lot of people have adopted that word this year, like saying that we're going to be intentional about the things that we do and most importantly, rest. Do you think that rest is, I'm like popping out with the questions real quick. That is not the first one, but we're going we're gonna to talk about this real quick. <laughs> yes. Do you think that that is something that people are just saying, I need to be intentional about my rest? I do. I do. And that's an amazing question. I feel like, you know, in my line of work, I often get moms who are, you know, struggling with work-life balance. How do you manage your household? How do you manage being a wife, mom, and a professional? And so oftentimes when I work with clients who are struggling in those areas, I try to get down to the root of the problem. And what it normally boils down to is something that we've, what we're chasing, right? Because ultimately, that hustle culture is a learned 
behavior, right? Oftentimes when I'm meeting with women who are struggling in that area, they'll say something to the effect of, oh, well, you know, I saw my mom, my mom always worked two jobs. You know, they've always had to kind of get out there and get it and manage and maintain. But we have definitely um, shifted the mold in terms of being out here and being professional, working and not having to always get out here and hustle because it's exhausting. So yeah, I do think that it's becoming a thing now where people are really being intentional about resting and 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 taking care of their body, their mental and physical health. Yeah, hustle is a short-term issue, like a, a short-term thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if yes. people, you know, people don't think of hustle that way, but it, it's, I, I, I'm always about mindful, like talk. I used to say, oh, I'm a hustler, I'm a hustler. And then I realized hustlers don't build long-term things it's always go okay i got it now i gotta go again now i gotta go yep. so you trick your your mind into thinking that you always got have to got to have to do <laughs> and so and instead of get you know what i'm saying instead right. of setting up something that's gonna um benefit you in the long run so absolutely absolutely so, you know, growing up that's all you heard was my brother's a hustler my mama Mm-hmm. You know, and he was like, well, I should be a hustler too, you know? Yeah. Right. It's like, right. it's supposed to be this positive thing, but like you said, it, it can't last. It has to be a temporary thing, like a diet, whereas you need to make a lifestyle change, <laughs> you know, um, and you have to incorporate rest in there because you hustle, 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 and it's going to take you to a wall and you're going to fall out. Absolutely. So we're going to, we, we start out with this question on here um, to get the, the ball rolling, which is already rolling. So um, our first question for you is what is your mom philosophy and like, where did it come from? How did you learn to mommy? You know, my mom philosophy is actually something that has really changed over years because I've grown and evolved with age. Right. And so I've really adapted this mom philosophy or model based on my experiences. And so, you know, one of the things I always try to remain constant with as a mom is to always remember to lead with love, right? You know, I know that may seem easy, you know, as we're supposed to love our children um, with everything in us, but, you know, sometimes as parents, we have had unhealthy and traumatic childhood experience where we have to, during those moments of parenting our children, also have to parent ourselves. You know, think about our emotional triggers and things that may be um, unsoothing to us that may come from our children. So again, I always try to lead um, in parents or mom rather with love. Um, because again, I've grown up in a very traditional uh, parenting style household. So I am shifting gears with, um, you know, parenting in a way that's more conscious and gentle than how I was raised. So again, um, being able to lead with love or parent with love is um, probably one of the most important things that I've adopted um, over the years. Now, one of the other things that I have adopted um, as well, due to my experience, is that you got to give yourself grace as a parent, as a mom. Parenting is hard, y'all. I know y'all know that. It's it's mm-hmm. hard. And there are many times where we just may not always get it right. Um, you know, I have a teenager. I have a um, 15, almost 16-year-old. And, you know, one of the things I have to always remember is that, you know, she's really working to try to navigate being a team. But I'm also learning and navigating how to parent a team. So while I'm also extending my grace to myself, I need to also be able to extend grace to her as well, too. Because we're both treading new waters. So you know, it's important for us to be able to really come from a place of compassion for ourselves as well as our children. So 
Um, those are two of the big things that I um, have adopted. And that, have that has really come over the last maybe five to seven years or so, because I've always been driven to be the mom that I felt like I needed, but my kids are very different, right? All of our kids are very different. You know, I have two children. They are distinctly different. And so I try to be there for them in a way that they need me, not based on what I needed as a parent. And so um, along with that, so my final sort of last piece of my mom philosophy, particularly as I have been, you know, navigating this journey of entrepreneurship is to the importance of being present, making the most of those moments um, with your children, because time flies and children love moments, whether big or small, they all, it all matters to them, you know? And so again, making sure that I'm present and making sure that I attend those games, sit with them and play, you know, Uno, watch TV with them. One of the most probably favorite things I enjoy doing with my team is sitting online watching TikToks. That is our joy. That is our joy. And so being able to connect with them in a way that they can appreciate. So that is my mom philosophy in a nutshell. And I I just want to say there were a few things that you mentioned that really stood out to me. And I think it's so interesting what you said about giving ourselves grace because we're learning along the way. And I think a lot of times when moms are new moms, we have that in our mind. But then with, you know, with every stage comes this opportunity to learn more because this is the first time we're doing, you know, we're working with this stage if this is our first child and we think, well, I'm a mom, so I should, I should know how to do this. And that's not true because every single stage presents a different challenge. But also you mentioned that our children are very different, right? You have two that are completely different. I've got two that are completely different. And I remember thinking when my, my daughter was, uh, you know, when we found out we were going to have my daughter, I was like, oh, I've done this before. And the pregnancy was totally different. And she is completely different. And it's kind of, it was kind of like a wake up call where I was told, yeah, just because you went through this before doesn't mean it's going to be the same. It was completely right. different. So even with having had the experience with one child, you're still learning how to navigate these different stages with the second child because they're not the same. And so it is so important that we give ourselves grace along with our children. So I, yeah, that, that, that really resonated with me. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that was really good. You, you had, you unpacked a lot in that one. I could just like interview you the whole, just on that. Yes. Because yes. so much in that. Yeah. Because we don't think about, we were parented a certain way and I, there's things that we want to take from it but a lot we don't want because we were let me speak for myself i was parented from a people who had a bunch of trauma and they just saw this as just one way like you are going to do what we say and you can't say anything else so you're going to get this shoe in your face you understand so mm -hmm. then when i had children I maybe tried a little bit of that and then I didn't Same. feel I didn't feel good about it. Right? Because right. because I had to put myself back in that position of man, when I was a child, I wanted to be heard. Mm -hmm. But but most importantly, like you said, I wanted someone to spend time with me. I wanted someone to be interested in the things that I like, right? And and 
that's when a, a flip switch for me to that intentional time to my like their intentional time not just okay y'all come sit in the room with me with me while i do my work which they would because they just want to be around me but like you said you watch TikTok videos i've never watched so many mysterious playgrounds buildings being abandoned <laughs> <laughs> like my daughter <laughs> likes to watch these shows like what happened to Steve Urkel I'm just saying somebody we know mm -hmm. but it's people I've never heard of and I'm learning <laughs> like okay and she's like but mom did you know and I'm like no I didn't and why are you watching this but she likes <laughs> but she likes that and my son wants me to play of course the video games with them or go on a scooter like I'm I'm riding a scooter with them but those are the things they love and right. as we get older we see that the parenting that we learn is from the outside mm -hmm. and then once we get a chance to tap in we know that it comes from here it comes from the inside because those are your children absolutely and you know to that point one of the things one of the sort of um big principles that i tend to lean on when it comes to parenting and what i always try to um you know explore with my clients is the understanding of connection before correction right because growing up like as you mentioned right we we had to be you know a certain way we could not be seen or heard right we had to stay in a quote-unquote child's place but you know, at the end of the day, they are humans, right? They are little humans that we are trying to, you know, um, prepare for life, pre you know, prepare for, you know, society and all of those things. And so um, I always tell, you know, clients or parents who are struggling in this particular area when it comes to parenting is connect with your child before you correct them. Remember, they are people too, and they have emotions. And so while it may be deemed as disrespectful for us growing up, if we, you know, did an extra sigh or, you know, felt like, you know, they rolled their eyes a little Ooh. bit too hard. We got to understand that they, you know, that they have feelings and we have to connect with that and understand, come from a place of compassion before we correct them on things like that. I like that. Connect before you correct. Yes. Connection mm -hmm. before correction. I feel like that goes for marriages too. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's a big one. <laughs> I, you know, I, we can have a whole conversation. I was like, questions. I don't know if I should ask you the rest of these questions because they don't even, man, just a lot. It's just a lot. Well, she's coming back, guys. Y'all already know that one. And she's coming right on back. Yeah. We're going to put that one in there. Um, <laughs> but, but I want to talk more about you um, and, and, in your adjustments throughout your life now we mentioned in the bio that your your husband he retired from the navy correct that's correct now you guys have been married how long we have been married it will be it's um it'll be 19 years actually this year in august oh yes that's okay. what's up that's what's up the other, <laughs> the other love. love it i always say you're talking to the two women that have uh children dad whispers on here these are the people <laughs> i always talk about on my uh uh just i know two people in my life who have amazing husbands that just the children are like you know that are just awesome he was he's in the military now has that been a typical like we're moving here we're going there has that been your reality for the last what 19 years 
It has actually, you know, there is this expectation with military that you, um, you know, transition from duty station to duty station every few years or so. Um, our path looked a little bit differently as, you know, he has shifted gears in his military journey, uh, which kind of resulted in us maybe having to leave a duty station a little bit earlier than um, expected. But ultimately, yes, um, I would say over the last at least 17 years, um, we have had that typical uh, military lifestyle for sure. Interesting. And and moving around, like how many states or did you go overseas? We did not. And so um, at the time that we got married, um, his what they call rate, which is his job or his um, his actual um, job or duty within the military would have um, provided us the opportunity to um go overseas and, and do an international tour. However, um, he was really personal um, with navigating his life and being about his family. And so um, as a result, he changed um, rates or professions, which then took him to a career recruiter or career counselor, military counselor. And so that kept us domestic. Oh, okay, good. Well, then that's great. So in that time, it's almost like you're at the mercy of someone else's schedule, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> how how was that for you? Um, one as a wife, because you got married pretty young, you know, because you're only 25. And <laughs> right, I'll take it. Yeah, well, right. I'm still sitting at that age. Absolutely. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, you know, but how was that for you to one to know yourself to not get sucked into the identity of this is what we're doing and this is like. How or or to get to however you want, how would you cope with it? How would you do that? Because I've I've spoken to a lot of people and that's been in, you know, would have a retired first of all, thank him for his service. We are so grateful. For your support. Um, how does that come out for you? What do you have to do mentally to prepare yourself for all of these changes? For um, where's your core? There's a lot of questions in there. No, that's okay. But I, I do think that I have sort of the, the central theme of what you're asking. You know, and I got to admit, um, being a military wife um, is super challenging. Um, you know, there were times where I've had to make decisions and pivot um, during times where my husband and kids needed me and vice versa. You know, I think that we've um, you know, found a balance within our lives that was necessary to manage our household and what works for us. Being a super ambitious um, person um, really caused me to, you know, really kind of step back and prioritize my life according to what was present in that moment. And because there's so much unpredictability in the military, I just had to learn to center myself and focus on things um, that I can control that was within my control because there was no sense of, you know, worrying or stressing out about it because ultimately this was his commitment. And while I also had a commitment in dreams, we've had to sort of manage and function in a way where, you know, sometimes he might just have to, you know, focus on his things and then I have to kind of maybe step back a little bit and, and again, vice versa. So, you know, we really just found um, our core and what was most important to us. And, you know, in, in my ways of, you know, balance and pivoting, I've ultimately been able to make decisions. I think that was really um, beneficial for me because, you know, my journey to um, entrepreneurship and, you know, being a private practice owner might have been rocky. I might have had to take some detours, but ultimately it got me to my goal. So here it is. Here I am. When I think about military wives, I think about kind of like you said, it, it's a sacrifice. And it sounds like um, the both of you together 
were not written on the page, not the thing that you said, but it sounds like the unsaid thing that you guys did was you had conversations. You came together, you had conversations, you talked about what was most important for your family. And then you made decisions based out of that. And even though, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice when I think about military wives on the wives part, because like you said, it's the husband's mm-hmm. commitment or the the service person, because it's not always the husband, but right. it's the it's the service person's commitment and their spouse, you know, um, they they come along for that ride and then they make sacrifices. But you had goals and aspirations and you have met those goals it sounds like even though like you said it's been a little bit rocky along the way so tell us about that journey um because it to me and this is just my old school way of thinking because i have family that was in the military and i know friends that were in the military and i know the sacrifices they made but it sounds like if i'm hearing you correctly you guys were able to figure things out that worked for you and you were able to even with the sacrifice find a way to reach your goals so tell us about tell us about that journey absolutely and you're absolutely right sacrifice is huge um on the military wife or partner's part because um again as you mentioned um there is a level of commitment that the service member has to um you know provide and again being on this journey or this ride of um of that commitment you know based on you you know based on you being able to support your partner or your spouse is really important and so you know again i think my journey um looks different from many other people just because um i knew right off the bat that I wanted to, you know, pursue my PhD. I knew that I wanted to, um, you know, become a private practice owner. And I knew like all of these goals and dreams, I knew that I wanted to attain. And so in saying that, um, there have been instances where, you know, I might not have been able to go to a traditional brick and mortar school, but had to, you know, maybe get my, um, my advanced degree online. And now there's this big wave of online degrees. But at the time, there were so many, um, there were so many stereotypes um, behind, oh, you got your degree online, and it was re- wasn't really seen as important or really, it, it in comparison to you know looking at someone who got a traditional degree you know on from like a traditional it didn't hold the weight the same right, right exactly it didn't hold it didn't hold the same amount of weight exactly and so um now that this there's this wave of um you know um people getting degrees online you know everybody's doing it now because it's the convenience factor and what i've had to look at in this journey is what would work for me, what would be convenient for me, because I knew going into an advanced degree that I was never going to be in a place where I was there, you know, more than three years. So I ultimately had to look at things that would be really beneficial for me and in what I was trying to achieve. So, you know, again, having to pivot, having to make decisions where, you know, I was able to support my spouse while also, you know, going, you know, towards my dreams was really important. So, you know, that's kind of been my journey along the way. But again, even with all of the detours, even, you know, with all of the the, the rocky roads, I ended up, you know, at my destination. That's awesome. It's like you, I like people, I like to hear when people set goals and they meet them. That's not something that <clears throat> um, I'd like to do. I like to free I'm just one of those people who blow in the wind almost. I think I should have been married to somebody in the military 
because I can <laughs> adapt. I don't know. I can adapt well, and whenever I go, it's just like, ah. you know, I don't, you know, I probably would, I, I got a degree online only because my husband did that. And his goal became my goal, right? So that's really like when you have somebody that kind of leads with their life, you know, when you have a really like a leader in your house, like a person, whether it's by their job or whatever, how do you keep your identity? How do you keep that sense of you? How do you stay? Like, I asked you that question, but how do you come out with, these are my goals, this is what I'm doing, instead of, I'm just going to support, support, support. That is an amazing question because I, I will admit in the very beginning, I fell into this trap of, you know, I got to support, support, support. But then I felt like it began to strip away from who I was as a person, right? Because prior to me being married, I knew, okay, this is what I wanted to pursue. You know, these were my, were my goals and these were my dreams. And I think um, oftentimes, you know, you get caught up in, you know, who you are as a wife, but I ultimately had to, you know, look with inside myself and say, who am I as a person? What do I want? Right. Because how do I still support myself in a way where I can still achieve all the things that I want to do while also still, you know, being able, being able to be a support for my husband. So again, me being able to tap into different things, you know, whether it be, you know, certain interests, um, being able to make sure that I, you know, keep my eyes focused on the things that I want, because ultimately I had to tell myself, I want to be the kind of woman that makes myself proud. Right. And I didn't want to let go or get lost in the identity of being a military wife, because I see that happen far too often. Right. So many women, military wives attach themselves to what their husbands do and their pay grade. Right. That wasn't me. So, even though I spent my life, a good majority of my marriage, um, being a military spouse, I was just that. I never really attached myself to the military culture, right? I was just a wife who was married to someone in the military. I was just, I was not necessarily a military spouse, if that makes sense. You, you had the ability to kind of, I mean, you connected, but you kind of disconnected on the, this is my identity part. Absolutely. Like, I was really okay. intentional about that really that's, about that. that's very good so at what at what stage or when did you find out you wanted to become a counselor you know i would say very early on um on, in undergrad so my journey actually did not start in in counseling um i originally went to school i just knew i was going to be a medical doctor i was going to be living somewhere in like miami um being a medical <laughs> doctor but i took a um an african psychology class and absolutely fell in love. So, you know, while I was an undergrad learning about like the disproportionate numbers of African-Americans receiving not only physical, but mental health care, it really just um, drove my focus and passion to really doing this, um, you know, and helping um, the mental health, the wellness of the black community, because it's really, really important. You know, now there's this wave of, you know, um, people really putting forth effort into their mental health. However, we still have a lot of work to do. So, you know, my goal is really to work towards changing the narrative of mental health in the black community. Um, it's okay to not be okay, but, you know, early on my passion was centered around, you know, mental health and um, the black community because growing up, I've seen, you know, 
family members or relatives who, you know, will sweep things under the rug. Because of course, you know, culturally, you know, in the black community, there was so much stigma around mental health, right? And it wasn't really ever acknowledged. So um, I, this has been a passion of mine for as long as I've been married, if not more. Yeah, I was in a, a, a forum last night. I'm always listening and talking to people because that's just what I do. And there was a question that came up, <clears throat> which was a really great one. I've heard it before, but I want to know what you think about this. The young man said, why do we not see a lot of Black mental health professionals? Is it because other races are more, do they just be like, oh, this is just a great thing? Or have we been taught from a trauma side that you just don't share your business? What do you think about that? Why is there more of this, more of this race and not this? And then we want to see us, but hey. You know what? That's a good question. And I do think it's more of a, a trauma-based situation, right? Um, you're right. Like growing up, it's you, you know, you were taught to keep, you know, keep your business at home, right? You know, don't go out telling our business outside this house, right? And so when you think about it, there is a a level of guardedness that our community holds on to, holds on to tightly because of the learned behavior, the learned, the things that we've learned growing up, right? And so I am seeing more, more and more um, black, black women in particular who are coming to counseling, who are wanting to get help because life is exhausting, right? You cannot hold on to the things that bog you down that stress you out right and so um i and even coming into counseling spaces black people black women still particularly are challenged with vulnerability and asking for help is not something that we do in the black community right you don't ask somebody for help which what you need help for right which you know right. that kind of thing so you know we're breaking down walls and breaking down these barriers of um you know being able to ask for help being vulnerable having a village of people you know to to love on you to support on you no matter where you are on your journey you know we we spend a lot of time talking about how it takes a village to raise a child. But as adults, it's just important for us to have villages, our tribal people that, you know, we can lean on. And, you know, being able to come into a counseling space and, you know, feel like lessen the pressures of the world, you know, being able to open up and be vulnerable, it's it's tremendous. You know, I, I feel like a lot of women, because I the majority of my practice, I would say about a good 90, 90% of um, my practice are with Black women. Um, they have a sense of relief, right? They have a sense of connectedness with me because for a long time, um, the counseling field um, in itself has been dominated by, you know, white people, particularly white male, right? White men. So you can't imagine going into a counseling space, talking to a white man who doesn't understand you as a person culturally, right? And so I would say a good part of um, why people, why black women come to see me is because I'm black. Right. And so, again, it's that connectedness there. Right. It's like that. OK, I'm in this space where I'm feeling seen. I'm feeling heard. And so, um, you know, being able to really unpack the traumas um, in this space with with women is, is phenomenal. Like it is such a blessing in the space that I'm in because, um, you know, I'm really seeing a lot of women transform their their minds or just their thought process in general when it comes to, you know, being vulnerable and receiving help. And so I I wonder 
because I used to be um, in counseling and is it a combination of both or is it more one-sided? You know, I do think that it's a combination of both. Um, there's a little bit more exposure um, with Black um, counseling professionals. You know, we're putting ourselves out there. We're, we're letting people know, like, hey, we're out here. We may be small in number, but we're certainly mighty, right? And so um, in saying that, I think visibility is of great importance when it comes to, you know, um, Black people or the Black community, rather, being able to, um, you know, find someone that looks like them. So again, um, I try to um, be more intentional as well with using social media as a platform because now social media is like the wave of everything, right? So, you know, nowadays people are, you know, marketing on social media. People are you know, putting all of this, you know, information and, and knowledge out here to say it's okay. And I do think on the flip side of that, more and more people are using that same platform to be open and honest about their mental health, right? So you get the connection of, okay, I'm seeing more black and brown therapists, but I'm also seeing other people who look like me who might be dealing with the same thing. They might be going through depression. They might be struggling with parenting. Work-life balance might be an issue. And so again, I think social media has served as a really great platform for um, our black and brown people to really connect with others and, and be able to see that they are not alone in this journey. I saw a news thing and we're going to keep it moving, but this one really kind of broke my heart. It was a, a young lady who was going through something really difficult in her life. <clears throat> and she went to TikTok and she just was crying and just was, just, I mean, she even did update videos. But then I thought to myself, what if she had a group of people around her where she didn't have to do this? I'm not saying mm -hmm. it's bad, but it's almost like this is a one way. And then comments. I was looking at the comments and I was like, that's just not great advice. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, agree. <laughs> we are not about to go do a drive by right now because you know what I'm saying? And I mean, she was like, fueled up. And, and, and when you're in, you, you know, you, ever, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like you're mad and your friends are mad. You'd be like, let's go. <laughs> you know, yes. Yes. <laughs> instead of saying, hold on, sis hold on, bro, what can, what can you do about this situation that won't put you there again? You know? Right, right. And that's why I say it's always important for us as adults to have a village, right? Because you're right. I think in this day and age, you know, people run to social media for everything. And, you know, even, even the, the non-licensed professionals who, you know, might put out information or knowledge um, that they have about, you know, mental health you can you got you can't always take that information right so i i do think that when we think about that you have to be mindful of you know your why why are you going to social media do you not have a, a you know source of support one of the biggest things that i always encourage my clients um to have is again that tribe who are your people right because you know they may only see me once a week but who do you see or who do you talk to in between? And of course, you don't want to always dump on your friends or dump on your tribe, but you definitely need people to lift you up, so, you know, send you an encouraging word and say, or, you know, you need someone that you can say, okay, hey girl, I'm not having a good day. You know, I'm kind of stressed out about X, Y, and Z. And they're like, okay, 
let me help you out. Let me just, you know, text you something of encouragement or whatever the case may be. So, you know, it's not always a good idea to run to social media for things, but I do think that there is an influx of people doing that, which leads people to connect with other people and say, you know what, let me go ahead and get myself a therapist. <laughs> I could talk about this forever because I love people and I'd love to help people too. Um, but let's, let's, let's flip this really quick. Um, Cause we don't want to take up all day. Cause I, of course I could talk to you every day, all, all day and hang out with you, you know, that type of stuff. So, uh, you know, people would look at you and say, she is very successful. What do you do to keep pushing forward in challenging moments and also in being successful? How do you help your kids? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a good question. You know, I one of the big things I, um, as I mentioned before, was, you know, I try to just remain focused on the things, you know, that I can control because truly success is not built overnight. Oftentimes when we have goals, we're so busy trying to chase that goal, right, that we don't enjoy um, or we don't find the joy in the journey, right? And so I, I try to be more um, in tune to you know, again, celebrating those wins or achievements, both big and small, those are the things that keep me motivated, right? Those are the things that kind of keep me going. And knowing that, again, no matter what my journey looks like, it may look different from the next, you know, therapist who may have gotten to her, his or her goal, you know, a little bit easier than I did. But ultimately, we finished our race, right? And so I do think that with, with success comes failure, right? And I try to um, encourage my kids to, again, enjoy the journey that they're with, take the good with the bad. Because, you know, when things are, you know, always often handed to you and things become easy, when your foundation is shifted a little bit, it makes you uneasy, it makes you uncomfortable. So again, making sure that they are aware that, you know, success is not something that, you know, happens overnight. You know, life is truly a um, journey. It's not a sprint. And so I have two very, well, I take that back. My, both of them at one point were super, super ambitious children. My daughter, who has been as of late talking to me a lot about college, y'all, and it's making, it's breaking my heart. Um, it's breaking my heart. But, you know, she, she's really, um, you know, just excited about life after high school and college and things like that. And just having those honest conversations with her and saying, listen, you know, um, these are the things that, you know, you're wanting to, wanting to achieve, but, with success sometimes comes comes failure, right? You might, you know, you have naturally been a gifted student all your life, but when, you know, right now she's in an algebra class and she's doing phenomenal, but there's moments where she's like, I don't understand this work, right? And so, you know, being able to get to success requires a level of commitment. It requires you to be driven and motivated to get there because it's your goal, no one else's. And while I want the absolute world for my children, I can't always give them that. They are gonna have to work towards those things on their own, right? And so I'm really working for them to try to build a great work ethic, you know, and, and just really go. be able to, again, take the good with the bad, because that's life, right? Life is not always gonna be handed to you on a civil platter. So there's ups and there's downs, so. It's not, it's not known that I just was not a person that wanted to go, but if she wanted to, I would support her, but she wants to work in a firm so she could learn how to do certain mm -hmm. things. And I'm like, okay, so then we need to know how this is going to look like, will they take certification? Are they going to do this? But when you get there, you may find out that's not what you want. Don't think that you're not successful because then they'll start measuring themselves on what you want. 
Listen, yes, exactly, right. exactly. And I don't want them getting caught up in that because it's their life to live and I want yeah. them to be happy. I want them to be happy, yeah. you know? And so in, in a moment of transparency, I was that kid. I was that person, you know? I've always, you know, set my goals and achievements based on what others saw fit for me. But as I grew and evolved over time, I realized you know, you only get one shot at this. What is it that you want to do? So again, it brings me back to, you know, the statement that I made earlier is, you know, be the woman that you want to be proud of, not what your children want, not what your parents want, not what your grandparents or your partner, your spouse want, but be the woman that you want to be proud of. Right. And so, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, meeting my children where they are and being able to shape, help shape their lives based on their interests is really important. That's awesome, April. Thank mm -hmm. you for sharing that. That's really good. I feel like this this conversation has been such a breath of fresh air for so many reasons because you have done the work, you know, and you you made the choice not to attach yourself to um what so many other people do when you when you are a military spouse. Um, you chose a different path and you, you know, even with the challenges, even with the struggles, you stayed the course and you have done it in such a way that is inspirational to so many people. Um, you know, being a mother that was present, being a wife that is present and being a woman that has, um, you know, gone after her goals and achieved them and being available to other women. Yeah. And it sounds like, whoa, superwoman, but you had the 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 emotional intelligence to know that I got to rest. Yes. In all of this. And that is that is so important. And people probably think, "Oh man, she just she's doing this, this and this." We talked about the hustle culture earlier, and it looks it maybe looks different on the outside to somebody that is is seeing your life but the truth is you rested absolutely along this journey and so for me i just think that is such a breath of fresh air because um you know we don't we we just we see what we see and we have this idea of what it is and it's really not that right. um right. and right. you learned a lot by by being in the situations and the places like moving around like you can relate to so many people mm -hmm. um because of these things that really kind of groomed you to be who you are today you know like if you yeah. look back like i gotta do this and there was sometimes that you was like oh man uh, okay we're okay we're moving again i got babies uh what are we gonna do here what you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and it's just like it's like I would come talk to you, of course, and people would see that. Well, they don't know all the backstory because they, you know, they they all of their business. But you know, everything isn't for everybody, <laughs> right? But 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 that's where your that's where your um your reasoning. Your, you know how you felt. You know right. how you had to push through. You know what you know what things that you want wanted to hear. You know what I'm saying? Not right. in a manipulative way, but in a support way. Right. And I wish I had me seven years ago. You know? Right. Because, you know, even though I'm in this space of, of rest, um, I 
it wasn't always that way for me because again, remember I said, you know, my mom philosophy really has changed over time. And mm -hmm. um, I was, you know, hustling, trying to just do all that I can, you know, for my kids, my husband, you know, because oftentimes so many women's self-worth is tied to their productivity, right? And, and the things that we do, right? And so when we're not resting, it's like, okay, well, what we're not doing anything, but that's far from the truth. And it's important for us to also model these things for our children, right? Because again, we don't want it to create a learned behavior. And then, you know, 10, 15 years from now, our children are doing the same thing. They're modeling the same behavior that, we, mm. that we've seen or that we've shown them rather. And so I've become, you know, really, again, intentional about just really slowing down, right? Really slowing down. Because with all the many things that I have going on, I am busy. I am busy. But I tell people all the time, no is a full and complete sentence. And so when you don't have the time to do it, you don't only want an explanation. And I am, though I am a work in progress, I am doing more of that. Like I cannot always show up for everybody because I'm not showing up for myself, right? I'm yeah. neglecting myself. And so I think it's important, you know, as busy working moms to be able to show our children that we can slow down, we can tend to our needs. Because when we prioritize ourselves, Everyone around us benefits from it. Mm. Everyone. Well, can't say so, nothing about that. That's nothing else. That was awesome. Mike, <laughs> yeah, right there. So let's say that I am living in another state and I see you on social media and I'm just like, I, I need to work with this woman. Is that something that you do or are you working with local local people only right now? So I actually um, am on several platforms to include um, therapy for black girls. I'm also on psychology today. And so within those platforms, um, I am licensed in three states. So if um, anyone's willing to work with me or wanting to work with me, rather, who lives in Texas, Florida or Georgia, um, I do offer services um, to individuals in those states. Now, of course, with um, Florida and Texas, I only do uh, telehealth or virtual therapy services. However, Georgia is open to both. So um, I do have, um, you know, openings for individuals who are seeking um, therapy services. And they can also find me on my website, um, which, by the way, my um, STEM daughter developed for me. She's amazing. Um, oh. But my um, website is www.empoweringpathways.net. And it has all of the information listed. It has my bio, um, talks about, you know, um, you know, my practices and policies and things like that. And also um, a way to reach out to me if someone is interested in, in working with me. Don't book my appointment. <laughs> well, that's good because you answered those questions about, you know, how can someone reach out to you? You have anything coming up that you want to let anybody know about, let our audience know about? You know, right now, I am just trying to keep my head above water with my practice. Um, I launched my practice um, in June of last year. However, in the upcoming months, um, I am looking to do some group um, work as well as consultation. So um, maybe getting on more um, platforms to be able to speak about mental health. Um, so just be on the lookout for those things. But yeah, um, I am also on um, social media. I'm on Instagram at um, Pathways to the number two, Empowerment. Um, I am, again, trying to work on being more present on those platforms, but um, I will definitely release information as it comes along on that um, platform as well. And then on Instagram, I am listed as Empowering Pathways LLC. So you can find me on all of those um, platforms. Look her up. Look her up. Y'all, as y'all heard, you, you won't be, you won't be disappointed. 
honestly. <laughs> um, I've spoken to a lot of people that, that have gone to therapy. I don't think this is one of them that you will be like, what? <laughs> when you leave, because I've gone to a few and I'll be like, get, <laughs> you know. Yeah. This, but oh. anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, so are is you it ready? game time? Yes, it's game time. Don't relax All a right. little bit. Relax a little bit. You know, relax a little bit. It's like it's eleven question. It's the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. And I'm already laughing because I made these questions just for you. Did you? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I just just oh because God. just because you know. Um, all right, you ready? I think so. Best child repellent. Best child repellent. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I know everybody says that. That was hard. I can't even think of anything like right off the bat that comes to mind. That's because I'm... you want your children around. That's why. Right there. You don't have a child repelling. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. It used to be a shoe. It used to be a shoe, y'all. But oh. again, I've changed my ways. I've changed my ways. And so you know, you know, well, I got it. I got it. I got okay. it. I had to think deeply though, because it's really not a, it's, yes, I guess it will be a repellent. So I need some alone time often, especially when I've had a long day at work. My best repellent is I'm going in my room, y'all, and closing my door. Give me 30 minutes. That's it. I thought too deeply on that one, but that's my repellent. But I like it, yeah. the shoe. I like the shoe. You like yeah. the shoe? I've changed my ways though, Tanya. You know, <laughs> I know it's okay. It's <laughs> parenting, right? So the shoe is not. <laughs> Okay. All right. We'll 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 give you go close the door. Okay. You know. <laughs> okay, here we go. Service or sacrifice? Service. 90s or the 2000s? 90s, of course. That was the best era ever. Hey. <laughs> Mountains or beach? Beach all the way. Gin or juice? I'm going to say juice because I'm a lightweight when it comes to alcohol anyway. And I heard gin makes you sin. So I'm going to just. Oh, <laughs> that's a shirt for you, Patricia. Get that. Gin makes you sin. <laughs> Never have I ever. Never have I ever. God died. Break it down or keep it stepping. Break it down, of course. Absolutely. Go, <laughs> go to happy dance. Um, my go-to happy dance. I'm not much of a dancer because believe it or not, I like a little rhythm, but you know, I just do a little sway side to side, you know, snap my fingers. Snap your fingers. Mm -hmm. All right. Now people look at you weird when you. This isn't weird. I'm obsessed with karaoke, but people look at me weird because I know every single song. There's absolutely nothing like you can throw my way. So I am like huge. I'm hugely obsessed with karaoke. Right. So anything from like the Bee Gees to Lil' Kim, I'm singing it. I'm singing it. Like, so they look at me weird because they're like, how you know all these songs? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's that's. That's interesting. I, I love it. I love it. I wish you were at my my 39th birthday party. But anyway, we I did I did karaoke. That, that karaoke is my jam. I love it. Love yeah. it. Full on dance, everything. Um, <laughs> who did it? Who did it better? Okay. 
Family Matters or Fresh Prince? Who gave you the best representation? Family Matters. Is it yeah. just because it's called Family Matters? Because I thought Fresh Prince was it. The best representation of family, you know, Fresh Prince, that wasn't my reality, right? I, you know, I could relate mostly to Family Matters for that for that reason, but I like Family Matters, though. That was tough, but I, I do, I think I like Family Matters more. That's good. That's good. Staycation or travel? Oh, travel without a doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you for playing the game. Thank you so much for playing the game. It's just, you know, we just ask these questions just so um, I know sometimes we get on here and we talk and we, we, we like to play a little bit. We like mm -hmm. to have a little fun. And if we had a little disco ball, we'd probably break that out. I'd be <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it has been awesome speaking mm -hmm. with you today. And Thanks um, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we, we are definitely just, I always say we have such great people that are mm -hmm. and just just people that we really do know you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying like it's not like oh you know like the fact that i could just get on the phone and just call you i that's great because again i think you are a part of a village mm -hmm. that 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 was built a long time ago um mm -hmm. we just didn't know back then of how this would all and then how it would come together and it's still coming together absolutely you know? yeah. And like I say, I, I, I'm going hood here. You know, you're my road dog. Forever. Absolutely, for life. Okay. But it, it's not. That's this, y'all. This is my best friend in this in ninth is. and tenth grade. Right. And I go back to high school years. You know, you have always been a big part of me, girl. And it's so crazy. I know uh, you guys want to wrap it up, but it, how we found each other is so crazy. Mm. And that's a whole other conversation. From yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Everybody I cried. Knew, I, it was my best day. friend. When, when she told us that she was moving, we just, man, that was like the saddest day. The mm -hmm. saddest day to me. And then we never heard from her. And then she comes Listen. living in, has a has a the audacity to move to my city. Listen, <laughs> Listen I know it worked. I look at God because I know, we right? reconnected, right? We reconnected. And I'm, I'm yep. so grateful for our friendship. We have really, yep. you know, evolved and grown so much since our high school days in the band. Mm -hmm. I got pictures. I got pictures. Y'all go to my Facebook. I see the pictures. <laughs> Keep those buried. Keep them buried. Okay. Yo, no, no. Yeah. They got to see the microwave ponytails. They got to see the glow the is real. The <laughs> they got to see those microwave ponytails, girl. You know, you know. But so before we go, do you have any words of encouragement that you would like to share with others? I do. Um, you know, one of the things I uh, want to go back to is, you know, always making sure that you do what makes you happy. Right. Um, we always live our lives based on the expectations or perceptions of other people. You have to do what makes you happy and, and you go hard for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a certain level of energy that you need to put in for yourself. We put in and pour so much, you know, into our families and to work so much so that, you know, it's exhausting. And I tell people all the time, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Learn to say no, learn to rest, know that life is certainly not a sprint. And, you know, you may have many different detours, but always try to find joy in your journey because your journey is specially tailored for you. So that would be my words of encouragement to your listeners. 
Well, thank you again so much for being in the Black Mom Diaries virtual household today. It's thank been a you guys. It really has been. And I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners for being with us today. We know you could be anywhere else, but you chose to hang out with us for a little bit. So thank you. And if you want to get social, you know where to find us. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Um, and also, you know, we got we got swag. So if you want to get some Black Mom Diaries swag, head on over to shop.blackmomdiaries.com and check out some stuff yep. for your Black Mom Diaries life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. No, just just look out for anything that we may have coming available for you guys. We've been mm -hmm. in some, we've been planning some things, but just make sure you check us out and um, see how you guys can connect. If you want to be on the show, send us an email, and and um, Patricia will get back to you uh, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as as she can. And um, again, we are so grateful that you choose to listen to us and um, actually send us your feedback. Um, just much gratitude on that. For sure. Yeah, we want to hear from you either way. And you can email us at blackmomdiaries at gmail.com. Any feedback? And like Latanya said, if you you have a story, we all have a story and you, you want to share your story. We want to hear from you. So until next time, I am Patricia. And I am Latanya, and thank you for listening to Black Mom Diary. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Black Mom Diaries. If you like what you heard, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. If you'd like to partner with us financially, check out ways to do so on Anchor or Spotify. You can support monthly or give us a one-time donation. No amount is too small. Until next time, thank you again for listening to the Black Mom Diaries.